All right, we are back again this week, and we're going to talk about what you should be doing if you have a windfall of money, whether it's winning the lottery or coming into a large inheritance or winning a court case, or if you've been waiting 20 weeks for unemployment to pay you <laughs> or whatever the case may be. So we're going to go over some things you should do, some things you shouldn't do, and kind of get into all the fun of that. Um, we're joined this week by special guest James Lowry here, Hello. who... Uh, his, his mother actually won the lottery twice, so he has some <laughs> insights into that. And before we get too in-depth, um, I am enjoying a Sheboygan Brewing Blueberry Cream Ale this week. I, I love blueberry, and I was excited to try this one. And I will say it's it's a little hoppier than I would have liked. So Jim actually brought something over yeah. that we have mixed it with. Right. So I'm, I actually brought over uh, Founders uh, Big Luscious, which is a limited run. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a stout, it, but it's, uh, as you, if you can see the picture there, it's a chocolate covered raspberry. So it's a chocolate raspberry stout. It's delicious. Um, kind of high in alcohol content. It's a 7.8%. Um, but yeah, we mixed it with this, um, with this other one to kind of cut down on the hoppiness a little bit. And I have to say this mixture is definitely uh, something I would be, I'll, I'll be pouring another one up soon. Yeah. I say, I, I love big luscious. Um, I Benson, do you have anything? Yes, I am drinking. It's called Hawks. It's a. It's called Dead and Buried. It is a British style hardberry cider. That sounds awesome. Sounds really good too. Um, I got lucky to get the sponsor again uh, from my brother. Um, thanks for him for working out of town. So I'm the other side of the lake there, uh, over in Wisconsin. So I have a new Glarus Brewing. Um, I have a Wisconsin, Wisconsin Belgian red. Um, I have a new Glarus brewing staghorn Oktoberfest beer and, uh, what I'll probably finish the night with, cause I like the dark ones at, at the end is a, a coconut porter from city lights brewing. Uh, awesome. really exciting. All, all from, all from, uh, Wisconsin. This one's from Milwaukee. Um, the really cool thing about, uh, New Glarus, I'm, I'm reading right here on it. Uh, so it's New Glarus, Wisconsin, but they're they're an employee-owned company, mm -hmm. yep. right? So we've talked about, uh, you know, treating your employees right and things like that. So I'm, I'm really excited for a couple of these. So um, I've, had that, I've had that coconut beer before. I think you'll enjoy it. It's quite good. Yeah, I say. Um, James, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, you don't meet My too pleasure. many people where their, you know, parents win the lottery once, let alone twice. So yeah, I think this is a, this is going to be huge. So yeah, it's got it's it's got to be kind of a unique thing. Um, and just to clarify, so in 1986, I was 14 years old, and my mom, uh, she worked in. Um, my, my parents are both blue collar workers. My dad was a tool and die guy, and my mom worked on a manufacturing line. And reluctantly, because my mom was really sort of, I would say, uh, morally, if not even philosophically, opposed to gambling. She let some of her work friends talk her in, I want to say probably around 1984 or so, into going into one of these sort of pools, right? These workplace pools where everybody chips in a buck or five bucks or whatever, and they buy a lot, you know, they buy lottery tickets and then they share the winnings. And gradually um, things started to sort of taper off. I think it originally started with like 10 or 12 people, then it was down to five or so. And literally within, I want to say maybe three to six months before my mom won, the last person dropped out of the pool. And I think my mom continued to do it because she was the one that had 
kind of been assigned to, to buy the tickets, right? So um, because the the place, the one place in Lowell, Michigan, where at that time where you could buy lottery tickets, and they very quickly they very quickly became numerous after this, but um, but the one place you could buy them was sort of on her way home, right? So everybody would chip in. I think they had drawings in those days twice a week, and everybody would chip in, you know, five bucks or whatever, and she would stop and buy the tickets, and she just kept doing that. And then one day, I remember it was the summer, it was August, I was you know, home on uh, summer break, and my mom, you know, my parents would go to work fairly early in the morning, probably about 6 a.m., my mom busted back into the house screaming. And we all woke up, my brothers and I woke up, we ran out, we thought she was hurt or something. And she had heard the lottery numbers on the radio again, 1986, no internet or anything. So they had the drawing the night before. She heard the lottery numbers that morning on the way to work, confirmed that they were correct, stopped and bought a newspaper, um, went to work, quit her job and came home. <laughs> and she ended up winning half of a $5 million jackpot, which in 1986 dollars, two and a half million dollars, um, was you know that was a big deal that was life-changing money right it, it would probably be for a lot of people now as well for most people in those days the michigan lottery required that people take the annuity so it was a, it was a hundred twenty five thousand dollar a year payout first check she collected that day in lansing um and then she got 19 more over the next you know over, over a 20 year uh, time time period and so yeah so she won and it was an amazing thing right um, and she, um, and, you know, again, I said she quit her job, so immediately retired. She's in her middle fifties. Um, and again, you know, 20 year payout, she was going to be living pretty comfortably, but it soon became apparent, um, that math was going to end up, you know, uh, reducing her math and inflation, really. We're going to, we're going to soon, um, reduce her real income because, um, you know, even, even with low inflation over a 20 year period, I think it, it ended up, it, it turned out that in 1986 dollars, by the time she got her last payout, which I think would have been in 2005, it was about uh, $70,000, you know, um, reduced for inflation, right? The equivalent of about $70,000. So her 125, you know, 1980, $125,000, dollars were worth about $70,000, um, uh, you know, in, in real terms. So, um, she and my dad started to come up with some different investment strategies. So that I would say that unlike a lot of people who, you know, come across a, a big inheritance or a big windfall or win the lottery, you hear about them, you know, being bankrupt and owing a lot of money and stuff in fairly short order. Um, they were actually pretty smart about it. And they, you know, they made some investments, they kind of diversified, they put, you know, they put money away in, in like cash instruments, like CDs, things that were going to keep pace with inflation roughly. They put, they invested in some stocks and, some, and things like that. And then um, actually my mom then uh, listed her official um, profession as gambler because then any additional, and she kept playing and started going and doing slot machines and stuff like that. Not, not excessively, but any losses that she incurred as a result of that and even travel expenses related to that, which, cause she loved to travel, she could deduct as um, expenses from her taxes. But she got to be pretty savvy about all of that, right? Over the years, my dad died a few years after after she won the lottery the first time, and she was a widow for the rest of her life. But um, and then interestingly, about the time that around the time she got her last check, um, she had started um, uh, working with my wife um, to to do her taxes. She for a long time she went to a CPA, but um, because of 
um, some changes in, in her investments and some other things, she didn't really need the expertise of a uh, you know, professional accountant anymore. So she started asking my wife to do her taxes. One day, I guess it's probably around 2006 or 2007, she invited us to lunch. And it was usually, you know, it was about that time of year. It was like probably February or March. And that was usually when, you know, she would invite us out and, and she would turn over all of her, you know, tax documents for the year. My wife would take them home and start her taxes. And she said, she tapped the table twice, I remember, on top of the documents in front of us. And she said, something I'm going to tell you, she can't tell any of your, not even any of your brothers or sisters. She said, I won the lottery again last year. <laughs> so this time around, it wasn't quite as much. And I don't remember exactly what the mechanism was, but instead of two and a half million, she actually won 250,000. Um, so I think it was one of those things like where she got everything but the, you know, the Powerball or whatever. And so it was a, it was a fixed one-time payment kind of a thing. Um, but again, so then she was, you know, she, she put that aside and because she had enough income from her investments, um, and some other things that she, you know, that she had done, uh, including, I guess she still got social security or whatever. I don't know, but, um, but she still, so she said, you know, she still had enough income, so she set a lot of that aside. And actually that's when she started, um, her trust. She started transferring all of her assets into a trust and cause she was getting on in years, you know, she was in her seventies by that point. And so, um, so then that became a little bit, you know, more of a, a, a different approach to how she was doing things. But by the time she did pass away about six years ago, her entire estate, which was still pretty sizable, not huge, but pretty sizable, was in a, in a trust. And my brothers and I were part of that. We were, you know, we were, we were also trustees. And so that really helped with um, sort of the, uh, you know, the tax implications of, of passing that inheritance on to us. So sure. Um, so. You well, that's were, that's you were, the story. Mm -hmm. You were in college then the first time she I, won. High school, actually. I was 14. Okay. Yep. Um, I was the youngest, and my, my siblings were like college age and older out on their own. But yeah, I was in, I was in high school. So her lottery money certainly uh, paid for me to go to school for sure. So, all right. So, right, what everybody wants to know, I mean, besides the fact of, you know, winning millions, uh, what was your parents' biggest purchase when they won? Well, it's funny that you asked that, the house. They bought land and then had a house built. Um, so okay. it wasn't like an immediate sort of thing. And, and that was kind of, that was an investment as well. But I forgot to mention this, literally the day before they, my mom won, they bought, it, they bought a new car. Um, oh, geez. They'd taken out, I think they put like 50% down on it or something like that. And so I guess the first big thing was my mom wrote a fat check to the bank to pay it off. Yeah, to pay off that car. Yep. Um, and then what did you kids get? I've got a new bike. And, oh, wow. Right? And, yeah. And when I turned 16, though, um, in addition to my parents paying for my college education, which was, you know, that was a sizable thing. Um, yeah. I did, my, uh, I did, they did buy me a car. It wasn't a new car, but they did. And again, they didn't, they didn't really make a whole lot of changes to their lifestyle. So they, they, did, they did a lot of nice things. And they did a lot of, you know, very nice things for my nephews and nieces, their grandchildren. Um, you know, my mom was always helping people out, but it was never um, like she, they didn't go crazy and buy, you know, make these huge, massive purchases or anything like that. They kind of did. They took very measured steps. One of the things that they did immediately, though, which I would I would recommend to anyone who finds themselves, especially in those days, it, it had to be public. It, um, so the second time my mom won, you know, she, we didn't even know right until it became tax time because she did it anonymously. Which I think is pretty much an option for everyone. 
But in Michigan in the 1980s, if you won the lottery, it was required to be public. They took your picture. They, in fact, I think there were some print and um, television advertising even that had our pictures in it. And so yeah. everybody knew we won the lottery. It was on the front page of the Grand Rapids Press. It was a feature article in our local newspaper. Um, people came out of the woodwork, right? With every sob story you can imagine, relatives we didn't know we had, you know, showed up. So I would say that getting a, you know, changing your phone number, getting, you know, obviously now we have cell phones and stuff that's a little harder to track people down. Making sure that your public footprint in terms of your location um, is, 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 you know, you, 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 you'd want to change your social media profiles to be private, certainly. Um, if you are, you know, if you do have, uh, if you're, you know, a uh, house appears on white pages or whatever, want to do whatever you can to make sure that you have as little of a, of a public presence if, pe if people find out, you know, if it's in sure. your or something. Yep. So, I, you know, feel free not to, to give an exact amount. No, um, my life's an open book, so. <laughs> When your mother passed, okay, so we know that in total she won uh, $2,750,000, right, yep. in, in winnings. Uh, when she passed, did she, about what percentage was actually still left? I would say her estate was probably uh, – my brother would know for sure because he was her um, executor and, and um, I guess what's the – he was the head of the uh, – the, um, as well right he was like that yes so yeah. you got you got stuck doing the accounting and he got in, in yeah. charge of <laughs> delivering so the money of, so <laughs> including her home and everything um and i so i know what the final amount was after after some of her um you know there was some certain uh i i can't even remember what debt she had but there were a few small ones she had probably about i want to say I, I don't know the exact amount but certainly between half and three quarters of a million Okay, so she was still about half of what she, well, a third of what she had originally won, which is nice. Right. Um, guys, I, I don't mean, I've never stopped one of these to talk about a beer, but I, I want you to, <laughs> I'm saving this. Um, this new Glarus uh, Wisconsin Belgian Red is is literally hands down, probably now officially in my top three beers of all oh, times. That could, I, took, huh? I took two sips of this thing and I was like, oh, oh, wow, like just so amazing and then i look on here and it's it's got a wreath and it says world champion um you know what I, I don't want to tell anybody to go buy this beer because i'm gonna start wanting it right you don't want it oh my goodness this is an amazing beer like big shout out to my brother on this one like he wins mvp of the week on this bad boy <laughs> well um, um I, when you said um red Belgian, i was thinking that's gonna be a good beer right there for sure it, it, it's got it's got a picture of cherries i didn't realize it until like i drank it i was like oh it's got like it's a great beer um all right so oh, we... no, hang out if you're going off on a tangent i'm going off on a tangent <laughs> <laughs> so i i forgot to mention this at the beginning nick and i love to talk about success stories so i had a friend contact me about three weeks ago wanted to talk about hey what do we do to fix our credit to so we can buy a house so I started looking at, you know, what they had out there and, and really, you know, they had one thing in collections and really no other credit. So I started asking about the thing in collections. It was, you know, to, uh, uh, it was a store credit card for about 2,600 bucks. And I said, well, here's what I would do. I would call them and I would see, Hey, 
what would you take just to get rid of this? And I don't, I don't want to get the numbers wrong. So I'm, I'm actually going to pull up the message I got the other day. Because was, was it had the debt been sold yet, or was it? Still um, it was. I believe it was still with the company. Okay. So, so yeah, they don't want to write it off. Right? No. So. <clears throat> it was a twenty-seven hundred dollar bill. They settled for six hundred and seventy-five bucks. Ooh, bingo! Awesome. All, all because you asked, right? That's the biggest thing. Yep. So, Jeez. not to take us on a tangent, but since Nick already took us off on beer, so, so yeah, beer and success story. Uh, I think hell yeah. A tangent. That, that's like a winning episode. We could just call it a night, right? Like, oh, yeah. we gotta go. Uh, so, all right. So, you're in high school. You know, your parents. I mean, did they? Did they? respect your opinions of things. I mean, financially, did you help them in any way? Um, like what? Well, no, I mean, yeah, I was 14 years old. Right. So, um, and they had, you know, they had some friends. In fact, we, I have a cousin who's a financial um, planner, uh, you know, like certified and actually was a, um, an accountant as well. And so um, I did have some input into, um, you know, some of the things we did, like, for example, I was the one that um, you know, kind of help them find the land that they built their house on and things like that. And we actually designed, the, I actually helped design the house, um, keeping in mind that this is going to be, you know, we're, we designed it for resale, right? My parents sure. had some pretty outlandish things that they wanted to do. And, and um, you know, and I kind of knew the market a little bit. I, I, I take some architecture classes and I knew some folks that were in that business and in the building trades and that sort of thing and said, you know, what can we do to these plans to make it so that they could, you know, when it comes time to resell this, it's not going to be difficult. Just because some of the features they wanted to put in would have been, it would have been one of those things like, you know, having a built-in aquarium in your basement was kind of a cool thing, but those but things like that can actually inhibit the value of a home, or at least the, the you know, so we kind of built that, so, you know, I helped them make some of those decisions. And I did help them, uh, I think, to some degree in terms of, um, I did some research for them because again, this is pre-internet, right? Um, yeah. I did I did do some research for them in terms of some of the um, like the the the, the non um, you know like the, the long-term investments with things like commodities, um, like precious metals and stuff like that, right? So they knew they wanted to make some investments in some riskier stock type things. So they want they 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 actually within probably two or three years had a pretty diversified portfolio, and they had some you know some some cash instruments like CDs. Um, they bought some, they, they did some private investment, um, which was a pretty small amount. And then they also did some, um, some you know, some commodities as well as some, uh, um, and I think I said the stocks already too, right? So, so they were basically looking at, at diversifying about a third of what they were investing, which was about half of, of, of what they got. Um, so they were basically setting aside about half for investment and the other half to live on, which was still more than their, you know, annual income had been by a pretty significant amount. Sure. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and that's, a, you know, I, I know David and I, right, we, we were figuring out, hey, what are some things that we're, you know, we're going to tell you guys what to do with this stuff, right? And I, I, I think you hit it on the head where you have a cousin who is a financial, you know, advisor or financial analyst or, you know, yep. and so, hey, right, you're going to, do exactly what you said. Hide hide your appearance if you can. There's some states out there that still won't let you. Yep. You have to be public. Um, but right then you 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 reach out to somebody who's gonna help you financially, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if somebody tells you no, it's not a great idea. 
figure out what, you know, what kind of a person you're going to deal with. Right. Like, exactly. Uh, you know, I say we talk about it in a bunch of episodes. I don't want people to not live a life that they want, but I also don't want people to be poor two days later. Right. Exactly. So, you know, save, save for it and understand. Yeah. If you build a brand new two and a half million dollar house, right. Like then, then you're paying taxes on that forever and you have to go back to work. So, exactly. you know, or you have to sell it because recovery yeah. money. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, th- those are some of the, the biggest keys that I, I had right in the beginning was, Hey, you know, Make sure, make sure you team up with somebody who, who has your best interest in the long-term game. You know, I, I don't know anybody that wants to retire and then come out of retirement, exactly. um, you know, because of finances. So, well, you know, we talked at the beginning of this about, you know, lottery or inheritance or what have you. And, you know, we talked before when my aunt passed away, she left, you know, a pretty decent sized uh, estate, we'll say. And the first thing we did was I, I did not take control of that money and I didn't invest any of it. Mm-hmm. I went and talked with a financial advisor. I said, this is what I needed to do for my mother. I needed to last her through retirement. What steps do we need to take? And it was about 255000 And when we sat down at the beginning of the year, it was at like 250000 And she's taking disbursements because she has to. Mm-hmm. But really the market had done so well up to that point, she wasn't losing money. And now I think it's around 230 because, you know, the market's been up and down since COVID hit. But, you know, I I didn't want to take the responsibility for, hey, do these things. And then if it loses a bunch of money, right? you know, she's pissed off because I gave her bad advice. So we went, you know, to a third party that didn't have any real stake in, in this actual money so that, more informed decisions could be made. I, I think that's important too, David, in terms of having that sort of impartial third party. So as I said, my cousin was a, a both a CPA and a financial advisor, but he actually said, I don't want this, you know, I, I, I don't think it's in everyone's best interest, including, you know, yeah, then you have to think about things like familial relationships and stuff. So he advised my parents on what to do, but they actually hired another firm to actually um, handle their investments and to uh, you know do their taxes and things like that, right? Because Which a, a more disinterested third party. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, right? I I do it all the time, right? I mean, I, I, David, right? When we sit with people, we're like, this is what we find works. This is where we would put money, but just know we say it on here all the time. Just know everything has risk. Yep. Everything, and you know, I mean always, always take the educated risk. But I mean, my mom comes to me now for a little advice here and there, right? Because she, she watches some of these and she's, and even before then she's like, oh man, Nick's growing real estate. So he's, he's understood. But I, you know, she never invests with me. Like I won't take her money for investments, like things like that. Like, it's just, I don't want to mix any of that type of a thing you know, yes. Do I find myself wanting to be successful? And do I, do I wish I could make her successful with it? Yes. But do I, I'd much rather have a mom than have a, a business partner. Absolutely. In that yeah. At the, in that oh. situation, what my parents did, they basically paid my cousin, a, you know, like a, they, they paid him a, 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 basically a finder's fee, right. Of, you know, they, they gave him 10 or $15,000 or whatever, but it was also, I mean, there was, there was, you know, he, he, he helped them come up with a plan. Um, he found the, you know, he did, he did some research and found the right uh, place for them. And they were very, and my mom was very happy with them 
again, until she really didn't need them anymore for you know 15 years or more. Um, sure. But it, it, I would say, because especially, you know, any, any kind of big windfall, people are going to come out of the woodwork. Um, long lost relatives, um, the annoying uncles and things like that, right? And so you have to have a plan in advance as to what or if, or, you know, what, if anything, you're going to do for these people. And you need to, I think, take any sort of, you know, again, you can take advice from family members, but I would say don't invest through them because it's just, a, it's a, it's a, a, both a relationship and a financial disaster waiting to happen. Right? Sure. So, you know, and I want to bring up, right. So lottery, yes, you have to sometimes tell, but you know, let's say you, you know, David, I mean, right. When your aunt passed, your, your mom got it. And the only people that really know is you, <laughs> you know, um, right. You Everybody know, on YouTube. <laughs> well, you know, but now they have to figure out who you are exactly track down your mom, track down, you know, or technically, you know, do all that. And then, and then realize, you know, what she has. And then she's, you know, everybody on YouTube now just is going to know that they, she's going to ask you for questions. So I think we've done a good job at, <laughs> at knowing that nobody's getting a dime. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, that's, yeah, it's like, you know, that's, that's the stuff you have to, you know, so, right. Like my, my family, we talk about it right now. And I, I, I get my mom, like one thing that we talk about. So, we talked about it in the, in the death episode, right. Is like kind of set yourself up for the person that's going to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, because right. Like, again, if my sister gets control of the money, that money's gone. Right. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Mom had, mom had zero dollars. And I'm like, just yesterday she had, you know, a million bucks. Like, right. you know, um, you know, so, so just know, like know who you're getting into, into business with, know who you're, you know, trusting and stuff, you know, everything like that. So, I think one of the biggest keys here is don't, you don't need to tell everybody that you've made a bunch of money, right? I mean, we talk about our money on here because we want to be open books and things like that. But, you know, I mean, our net worth technically aren't strictly out there because, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make us any different of who we are. So right. um, we don't change because of that. So, you know, where, you know, if I were to sit here and say, Hey, I'm worth 15 million bucks, you know, Oh, hey, man, everybody's going to be like, hey, Nick, blah, 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 what do you, and I'm like, look, I, I just want to drink beer with my boys, right? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I think, I think that's a big, a big advice for a lot of people is, you know, you, when you go to Christmas, if it's awkward, remove yourself from the situation, right? I mean, money, money shouldn't change people, it should just change how you live your life, right? It should, change, it should definitely change the quality of beer that you buy. And I will say the one big no. benefit of my mom winning the lottery before, before I went to college is that I did not drink cheap beer when I turned when I turned 21, for sure. That did not happen. I say I still I still got but I I say I still I still drink my uh Milwaukee's best once in a blue moon yep. or my Miller High Life. Yeah. Uh, you know, say it shouldn't change a thing about you. I was more broke than <laughs> drinking, drinking more expensive things. So, um, well, you know, and one of the things you hear a lot about these the lottery winners or the people that get a big windfall of money is, you know, not only do they lose their money, but they get robbed more often sure. because you know now people know. So, you know, I, I was reading about a lottery winner earlier that got robbed two different occasions and lost $275,000 each time because he had it sitting in his car. And I don't know how stupid you have to be to keep it in your car, but you know, Hey, you know, where's it located? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was broke now because right? it kept getting stolen. Um, yeah. Or the people that, you know, obviously if, if you have a bunch of money and people know it, you're, you're open to lawsuits. Sure. Very much. Yep. Very so much. you really have to protect yourself and your identity if mm-hmm. these things happen. I, you know, I, I used to think if, if we ended up winning a Powerball, let's say, how do I protect that money? Do I have my mom claim it or do I have my daughter claim right. it? Or what do I do to minimize a bunch of idiots coming out of the sure. woodwork? Well, you know, oh, go ahead, the Nick. biggest thing to do on that is, right, you put your money into a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, I, I mean, there, there's times, I guess this is personal, whatever. There's times where I've walked around with, I think the largest actual liquid cash, I, I had $26,000 in liquid cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nervous as crap everywhere I was driving. It was, um, it just, you know, it, I, I didn't sleep like, <laughs> you know, it was insane, um, right? You like, you sleep with your hand on the safe, even though that right. safe could just get taken. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, there's, there's, I don't know a number, I guess. I, I say like three grand max is the most you should have liquid cash at any time. If you're intending to go purchase something, I guess, let's say, yeah. right? Like you shouldn't carry it just because you want to, but you know, if you're, uh, if you're going for a purchase and you want to prove that you're putting money down on something, I think if you showed up with like three grand cash, like, Hey, I want to buy this $20,000 car. This is enough to hold it while I go get a yeah, check for the other yep. mm-hmm. 17 type of a thing. You know, um, I, I don't think it's a 270,000. That's insane. Um, you know, I, I hope everybody else that's watching this has seen the, the lotto, you know, where they are now and where they were then. My favorite is the, uh, the, the guy and his son, um, his dad won it and he's like teaching it, you know, they, they get like an etiquette person and they go out to these fancy dinners yep. and the dude rented uh, a motel room, right? Like with a key card. And he has like all these Jordans and all these jerseys. And <laughs> like they show, they show on this thing what the motel is and like what room number. And I'm just yeah, like, right? insane. Uh, right. But like, you should know there's a chance that your Jordans are probably, you know, I, I doubt they have the insurance on that, on that room. Because I'm not sure you can insure somebody else's property. <laughs> you know, I guess renter's insurance covered for like a million dollar policy or something. But, um, you know, it just and then and you just watch so many people like, right. Uh, we, we all laugh because I remember when the Powerball, this is probably it's, I, I'm always really short. I always think it's like three years ago and usually it's like 10 years ago. Um, I want to say, you know, like 10 years ago or so, there was a guy who was who was getting filmed when the Powerball was like. 500 million bucks or something and the dude turns around and he goes she goes what are you gonna do and he goes hookers and cocaine yeah right but like greatest answer we all want to hear but there's people that just go out and do that right like they take hundreds and they go to the strip club and god just have it and they just blow all their money and then right then they're broke within a year i mean just because they they bought four lambos they didn't need because they wanted one in every color i mean um they just don't don't go, you know, buy a Lambo, right? Buy one. Understand how much the payments and how much it's going to cost to maintain that thing yep. is going to be um, before you go buy a second, right? I mean, buy a house. Buy, to me, houses are usually assets. I mean, you get up into the higher thing, you have to keep it updated for mm-hmm. it to stay at its value. That's the biggest. Most people don't understand that, right? When you're getting into million-dollar homes, I mean, 
we're, we're in the Midwest, right? We're not talking San Francisco where a million bucks is just a two bedroom, two bedroom apartment. <laughs> you know I mean? Over there, right. We're talking 30 million, but you know, anything that's like a million bucks and more, right? Like, yeah, it'd be worth a million bucks when you buy it, but it's like the only asset that like, if you don't keep putting in the newest tile, the newest, you know, flooring, the newest yep. sinks and all that, like it's not worth a million bucks anymore. Like it keeps going down in cost. Like, you know, it, it they came up with the new, the new like sensor things to, to do your dishes or whatever. And it's like, if you don't put that faucet in, nobody's going to buy that. Nobody wants to actually physically turn on a water when you have that kind of money. I mean, so, um, you know, just know, you know, know what assets are, right. That's the biggest thing. Know what an asset is Mm -hmm. and know what a liability is at that point. Um, Well, I I think one of the biggest mistakes, a lot of the lottery winners or the people that get a huge windfall of money is I'm just immediately quitting my job. I hate my job. Yeah. If you hate your job, by all means, quit your job and go find something you enjoy doing. Yep. But I know if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say I won Powerball and it was a billion dollars. I got three of you here. Jim, you think I'm quitting my job? Yeah. Nick? A billion bucks? Yeah. I mean, yes. Mike? <laughs> I've heard you say it. No, you're going to become an unbearable asshole till they well, fire okay. you. All right. They're going to have to fire I'm, you. I'm not quitting my job. For one, I work from home. Yeah. Okay. I work from home. I enjoy what I do. I'm not quitting my job. Secondly, if I get fed up with my job, I'm going to become the biggest unbearable asshole that, that exists. You need to come into work today. No. Fuck you. I'm not coming. You need yeah. to do this. No, I'm not doing mm-hmm. this. Fuck you. And. I, I, People have told me before, well, you won't last very long. That's not my decision. That's yours. You decide to fire me, that's on you. Now, I think I think in a billion bucks, I think I think you're full of crap. But you know, if we're talking, if we're talking a few million, I think you're telling the truth. But a billion, right? A billion, I, I don't know. I'm probably still working. Yeah, billion's not no. fuck you money. That's fuck everybody money. Seriously, right? it is. I, I but honestly, even with my I like my job. I, I could be insufferable for a little while there and be really happy with myself. I, you know, so everybody like knows. my job I, too, but if I won like, if I got a lump sum of like 500 million, I've told my boss, like, don't expect me to, to see me the next day. I, I don't have my job. And, and it was funny because like, I liked my job, but I always had that like dream of whatever else. And so I was going from, like, you know, hey, if I won, if I won a million bucks, I'm out, right? And then, like, I remember like, a year later, I'm like, dude, if I'm at, like, 850,000, I'm out. Like, it got <laughs> down to, like, if I get, like, 33,000 bucks, like, you I'm know out. what? Like, I'm out. I don't, you know, like, you guys, like, I'm splitting this. Let's go. Um, you know, it was just that point, like, I- I'm going to call him with an eye problem, right? Like, right. I don't see myself coming in anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, you know, so don't don't make drastic decisions. I think that's a big key. Um, yep. You know, if you're not a financially sound person, I guess I, I would say, right? But if you're, you know, any one of these guys that are watching, I mean, they have their they have their finances kind of together. They they know that they're not overspenders by any way. Um, you know, they have we have tendencies, right? But like, if I want a million bucks, right? I I I know that I can make that last for a long time. I mean. It's $40,000 a year and I'll never touch the million at, at 4%, right? Like, I mean, um, I'm pretty content with that, right? I mean, my life isn't perfect, but I will be investing and, and 
yeah, right. Like David said, I would, I would be go opening a business to do something I loved. I would mm -hmm. be doing something I love every day. Yep. So I, I can't say I'm not working. I mean, I work now and talk to you guys and, uh, this is uh, this is tough work drinking beer and talking to you guys. So right, I, I would just figure out how to get paid for it. So <laughs> I'd, I'd open I'd open the brewery that then sponsors you guys. We appreciate that. I can't wait for you to win. Say, well, I, I I think that's where you know. Obviously, it, it's being I don't want to say smart, being educated about your decisions, being educated about your money. Yep. Don't do things impulsively or make rash decisions. Make sure everything you do at that point is extremely calculated mm -hmm. and that you're really focused on the long term, not the short term. Hey, three Lambos would be awesome. I want one in red, blue, and, and yellow. But you don't need, honestly, Nick and I differ here. You don't need one Lambo. No. Don't buy it. If you need to pay off your car, your current car, exactly. This is my pay favorite. Nick tells me all the time. Every person he knows that has money has an old beater truck mm -hmm. that's fully paid for. Am I right or wrong? It's, it's a true story. You know, it's it's interesting that um, I I don't remember when this was, and again, I I have this time dilation thing too, Nick. So it could have been five years ago. It could have been twenty years ago. But I read an article. I want to say it's probably closer to 20 years ago about, they said, you know, you're talking about how many millionaires there are in terms of people with total, total assets of over a million dollars in the United States, how many there were. And it said, and then it gave some interesting statistics. Um, and I, and I'm, 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 I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like they realized $52,000 a year in income. They drive a car that's six years old. They, you know, basically they had almost no debt. Yeah, and that's well. It's it's funny because that like that statistic hasn't changed yeah. for so many years, right? right. Like, there's a basic thing. You know, things are things are paid off. They mm -hmm. they don't buy new cars. They right. They they live within their means. That's a, that's a big thing. That statistic yep. has been around for so long. I because I, I read it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, one question I, I had to ask: uh, Do you gamble? Me? Yeah. Oh no, I play poker, but I don't gamble. You so you don't play the lotto. Never had. Your I, mom has I, won it twice. Your mom has won it twice, and you don't play. Oh my God, my mom got all the locks. Seriously, this woman, like, she could, she could walk into a room, and if there's, if there's a raffle or something, she'd win it. I'm not joking about that. Um, yeah. I don't have that skill. I have other things that I'm lucky with, but no, I did. That so, skill. That skill. I'm glad we're calling you. Yeah, well, this has got to be a skill, right? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something to it. Interestingly, um, another cousin of mine, actually my mom's cousin, it was a professional, a real professional gambler. He won. I want to say in 89 or 90, he won one of the World Series of Poker events in Las Vegas. He got the gold bracelet, the whole nine yards. It was, I think, wow. Omaha Hold'em. And he taught me how to play poker. And I, um, I worked for him for a little while in his pizza place. And so I do occasionally play poker, but I don't consider that to be a, a gambling. That's a, that's a game of skill, right? You're playing against the other player, not against the house. I don't do anything or the house against the house because whether it's the lottery or whatever. Also, I'm, I'm mathematically literate and my wife, it's a really funny thing. My wife um, was a math teacher. And so she used to, one of the exercises that she did when she was teaching high school math was, was probability. So she was teaching her students probability. She'd say, okay, what's the expected payoff of winning the lot or of playing the lottery? The expected payoff of, of 
of buying a $1 lottery ticket is like 0.9999999, whatever, you know, that's the, the negative amount, right? And yeah. then, so then she would go through that whole exercise and then she'd say, now I have to tell you about my mother-in-law, right? <laughs> the luckiest woman on earth. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't, I've, I've probably twice in my life bought a lottery ticket. And one time when I was in Vegas, other than playing poker, I was in Vegas for a, um, for a, uh, a, a conference and I was a speaker at the conference and they gave me like a hundred dollar chip. And I, I used that. I, I play, I, I went, played some poker and then I think I ended up winning about five grand and I put a thousand dollars down on a blackjack table and lost. And, and that's the only time I ever played blackjack. There you go. So, all right. Um, say I want to, I want to talk about inheritance and then we want to talk a little bit about, you know, smaller amounts of money, but still substantial to, to people. I mean, um, right. So let's, let's hit on, let's hit on the small amounts. So if you're one of the people that are waiting for your, your unemployment money, right. And you're an average American, you have rent or a mortgage, right. Um, chances are you have a car loan, things like that. Right. So you're, you're doing this COVID. Um, my biggest suggestion to you, right. Let's say you get 20 grand back, 15 grand back. Great. Don't, don't just go buy a big screen TV. You need to pay off debts. You need to get current because I mean, you're on unemployment and if you've got your job back, you're still going to get that money, but like you need to, you need to make sure your debts are paid. Right. Because staying in debt is just going to keep driving you down. You're just going to go back to the life that you had of getting debt. So this is like, look at it as like a, a gift to say, Hey, I'm, I'm catching back up and you have that, that deep breath that you can take finally. So. Well, that, that's a good segue in. So mm-hmm. Nick and I coached a girl who I will not mention who it is, but she had defaulted on one of her student loans and her and I were talking and she goes, yeah, I'm waiting for my unemployment because I don't feel safe going to work. And I'm like, all right, so what are you going to do when you get it? And she goes, I don't really know. I'm like, we need to pay that debt. Yeah, Let's pay that sure, debt off. Sure. So she finally got the money and full disclosure, I don't know how much it was, but let's say she got eight grand. Okay. I know that bill was 2,500-ish. The first thing I said was, hey, kid, go pay that off. Let's just get rid of that. You're out from under it. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And at that point, we can figure out what to do with any money that's left over, you know, pay current bills, you know, save money, whatever. Because honestly, until you can get away from that debt, you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. I mean, you know, if it's, if it's, I don't know what you want to call it, educated debt, right, which we've talked about, I guess, you know. 0% 0% interest, you know, 1% interest on things. If it's, if it's a house, right, don't, you know, you don't need to chunk it all down, right? Make sure you have your security deposit or your your, uh, your emergency f- funds or, right, um, set yourself up so that way if, if another wave of something, if this ever happens again, I mean, make sure you have a little bit of money. But, I mean, if you're talking one-fourth of your of your big lump sum is going to pay off something, you can, you're, you'll be fine having three quarters left. Right. Um, you know, I, I say now, James, we, when we were talking just a little bit before this and uh, you had told me your mother passed and yep. you guys got, you guys, so you and your brother, you have more siblings. Uh, there's six of us total. 
Six of you. Okay. So you, you split it all. Now, did you guys, I mean, did, did you owe it? Did you owe on your house still when your mom passed? Like, what did you, what did you do with your lump sum? Yeah. So we put it toward, yeah. So when, when, um, we put it toward paying off um, loans and things like that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, we had a mortgage, um, a 10 year mortgage, right? So, um, and uh, paid that, paid that down, paid some other things down. Um, okay. um, having said that, you know, not all of my siblings made wise decisions. And um, so that was, you know, that was, it's, it's been an interesting thing to see that, right? Um, it's the whole, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. We actually all met in advance of this and kind of talked about a lot of the things we're talking about now. One thing that I do want to mention, depending on the type of, of um, sort of windfall that you get, is the tax implications that people forget about, right? Especially sure. people that are W-2 that are used to having taxes withdrawn. I don't want to, I don't want to forget to mention that. But um, so, yeah, it was interesting to see what, what happened. Um, and I have, I have... So I'm 48 now. My mom died six years ago, so I was in my early 40s. I have some siblings that are substantially older than I am. Um, so, you know, for them, things like, you know, they probably don't have mortgages anymore and stuff like that. But um, just interesting, you know, to see some of the decisions that they made. Um, but, you know, we all do our own thing, right? Sure. Um, but having said that, I know that there were a couple of instances, at least, where there were some, some issues with, um, because people... Um, you know, that like one of my brothers decided to prepay his rent for a year, which was a good idea until the year, you know, the year ended and he didn't have any money left. And, you know, he was stuck with a, you know, with a, then renewed his lease and didn't have any, because he quit his job, didn't have any money to, to pay for his rent anymore kind of thing, right? Oh, so no. I literally had, I have, I have one sibling who literally ended up like almost on the streets because, uh, you know, a year after my mom died, he was almost on the streets just because he, he couldn't manage the basics of his finances. Sure. So and that's, that's, you know, it's, it's huge, right? I mean, you have yep. enough to change your life for a little bit of time. You don't have enough to change your life forever. And exactly. Right. You know, I, I go back and I, I still. Go oh, fight David on this billion us. dollars, right. That's enough to change forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that? looking at inheritance too. So, you know, I, I kind of have both sides of the coin there. So. In 2008, my grandmother passed, and the piece of shit she was married to passed like a month later. And my mother ended up having to rebuy the house we owned because he decided to rewrite as well. So by the time my aunt passed away, you know, we, we had a mortgage on the house, and I had bought a motorhome to, you know, take my aunt to Tucson, which we made at just the other side of St. Louis before we had to turn around and come back. So, I mean, when my mother got that money, which before we found out about the 250000 you know, there was obviously money in the checking account. There was a couple other life insurances we knew about. My mom, the first thing I told her was, let's pay off the house. We got to pay it off. So she paid off the house. She turned around and paid off the motorhome. And then we decided, okay, well, there's even more money here. We need to figure out what to do now. Mm -hmm. but we made sure that the important things were paid off. My mother didn't have to pay for the house anymore. Mm -hmm. This motorhome now I'm out from under and we can just move on with life is what should have been normal in the first place. So now your, your parents had a bunch of money, right? So they built a house. Now, James, with, with, did your parents prepay for anything? I mean, what did they like, 
did they, they just dump like 10 grand on their electrical bill so they didn't have to pay it forever? Like, I mean, I mean your, your, your brother prepaid for a whole year's rent. Yeah. Now, my parents, um, what they did was they, so they paid cash for the land. Okay. Um, and made a substantial down payment on their house. But interestingly, and again, it, my parents became very, it, it, to give you a little bit more background, my mom, I think, went high school when she was 16. Not well educated at all. My dad um, actually got into legal trouble and joined the Marine Corps in the 1950s to get away from that, but got a college degree while he was in the Marines. And so, and he, but he was always very savvy mathematically, and 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 he kind of was sort of in charge of my parents' finances. And so he he would it was for him it was just a math formula. So he realized that he could make because interest rates were pretty low in those days as well in the late 80s. He could make more money on his investments. Then he would pay on a mortgage. So instead of paying cash for the house, yeah. he took out like a 10-year loan and he had negotiated something where he was making one payment a year. Oh, and perfect. It was like five and a half percent, but he's making 12% on his investments. So he was yeah. pretty smart about doing that, right? So he prepaid for things where it made sense. Um, and they would do that. And, or and, and then interestingly, they would they got it, they, they would do some things for like, for example, so that car that they bought the day before they won the lottery. Well, yeah. Same time to trade that in, he ran all these numbers and figured out he could prepay a lease and actually come out ahead as opposed to buying or or just leasing a vehicle, right? So he did like the, for he did like a three year lease on a car, prepaid it at a you know ridiculous interest rate and a ridiculously low interest rate. He didn't pay, but it was better than whatever you know he figured because he figured out the you know the um, and and. Uh, Having an, uh, one of my brothers being in the car, you know, having been in the um, car sort of sales industry, he kind of advised them on some things and they were able to figure out what the best strategy for that was. It's the only time I think they ever leased a car because then after that, the numbers didn't make sense anymore. So a lot of these decisions just became very sort of dry mathematical formulas for them yeah. after a while, right? But so yeah, they, they did prepay some things occasionally. Um, like I said, they paid cash for the land. They um and, and they did prepay for some uh you know other things too like they knew for example that they were going to need um uh you know certain legal and um, financial services from their accountant and so forth so they actually ended up doing business and one of the things that my cousin is a financial advisor that he put into his calculus in terms of you know helping them figure out um you know where to go and what firm to use was, it was a, a law firm and an accounting firm. And they specialized in these sort of like kind of windfall situations. And one of the things that they did was prepay for those firms. Right? Okay. So they basically paid them a giant retainer because they knew that at the end, for like something like 10 or 15 years. Sure. Which is zero, like no interest. And then again, um, that was to their advantage because of, uh, because of inflation, right? They would have been paying more and more and more um, as opposed to paying it up front, then they actually kind of, you know, they came out ahead on that deal. Sure. I say one thing, one thing I want to tell everybody, um, no matter how secure, so let's say you're like a person that's like, oh, I don't want to do investments. I don't want to, you know, um, yeah. just know, just know that if you like, if you think, hey, I'm just going to throw it all into a checking account, like, and, and it'll, it'll be secure. Well, so checking accounts are maxed at $250,000 right. that the federal government will, will back. Right. So mm -hmm. you have to, you have to put that money into other spots. Like sure. 
I mean, yes, you could put it there, but it's not financially backed, right? So let's say stupidly somebody, you know, we talk about it, right? Somebody gets your, you know, your information, knows who you are as a winner. They take, you know, they they rack up a bunch of money. Identity theft. You can't prove it, right? They get into your bank account and they take a bunch of money. I mean, you're just out of that money. The federal government is not going to back you on that. Sure. You know, and then you won't have the money to hire the people to do the investigation <laughs> to, to, to get your money back. So um, just know that you're going to at that point in your life, you're going to have to put stuff to risk. Right. I mean, um, you can do CDs. You can if you if you win a billion bucks, just open a bank yourself and loan it out. <laughs> Not, not David, though. David's going to keep working. No, I, I am going to keep working. So yeah. screw you. We actually have a friend, Nick. I don't know if um, we've told you about this or not. We have a friend whose brother is, literally has millions of dollars in gold buried in the Australian outback. Yep. Buried. Buried. Because he's waiting for end of days. Yep. In, so, in Australia? In yeah. Australia. I mean, that's a strategy, right? I mean, what like what's a plane ticket right now? Like eight hundred bucks? Like I got time right now, bro. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Australia's a continent. That's a big place to start right. digging. <laughs> I got time, bro. Be <laughs> uh, like digging through all of Canada and all of the United States. Nah, that's boring. I mean, if I know there's gold in the spot, I'm going. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you can get him to talk somehow, but I didn't right. that out loud. It, it seems like he's Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows how much his money weighs. Yeah, yeah I, say, I feel like that. Not how know. much money he has, right? and it's buried somewhere. Yeah. Um. Say, I, uh, I, I want everybody to know. So now we're going to go into inheritance a little bit, right? So we we talked. You know, David's hit on it quite a bit with his mom inheriting money. Um. You know. So. Most of the time, right? I mean, James, you were 42 when your mother passed. I mean, David, you know, I, my, I guess my mom is, my mom's not 60 yet, so she's 50 something, but I, I don't know how much longer my grandfather will last, right? But I'm going to assume you're, you're going to be, you're going to be right around that 60s mark, unless you have that, that grandparent that lasts till 100 and something. Good for you. I'm, I'm the happiest person, but most, I say, mo- like, what's the average lifespan of a, a of a, a male is like, 70 73 women are above that right they all, they all above I think, yeah yeah because because uh what's the saying women nag men to death and then <laughs> say no <laughs> but um they say i love you wife if you're watching this um <laughs> say, but we all love our wives except for mike who doesn't have one <laughs> so he's a smart know, one down there what smart man but yeah you so see you figure at 70 you know, if your mom's 78, 78, and let's say she was the younger one, so um, 20 years off of that, right, puts you at 58. So right around 60 years old or less, mm-hmm. you have a potential to come into some money. Chances are you're still a few years out from retirement. You're not – I mean, most people, they retire when their house is paid, so they're, they're – you know, they've moved a bunch of times, They you know – they bought a house when they're 35. So they have till 65 when it's paid off at 30 years. Cause people don't prepay for houses. They're not, right. they're not us type thing. Um, right. So our biggest thing is just right. Take, take whatever little bit of money you have and just guarantee that you can retire on time or a little early. Right. Yeah. Um, so my, my thing is like pay, pay off your house, pay off any debts that you might have. 
So that way, when you get retirement, that money is just yours and you don't have to have these guaranteed financial things that are headed out there. Um, you know, if your parents were multimillionaires and they're, and they're leaving you, you know, a few million bucks, right? At that point, yes. Okay. Make sure you pay off your stuff and then retire, right? Make, then make the decisions. But so my biggest thing is like, start with a clean slate. So by clean slate, I mean, make sure you don't have negatives, go right to zero. Everything is above. You officially know that this is all positives. And the only things that are coming out of your pocket are your normal, your, your normal (laughs) utilities and things like that. Um, so I think that's my biggest advice. You know, if, if you're coming into, if you're coming into a million dollars or more, right, get some financial help. Um, if you're not a person that's financially savvy, right, I don't care if it's a half a million bucks, get yourself some financial help because, right, you're going to pay a person $20,000 and they're going to, they're going to make sure that you don't blow through all that money, you know, um, ch- you know, the chances are if you're not financially savvy, you probably don't have $500,000 sitting around. Right. So, um, I, I find, I find that, you know, no, we always say it, right. Know who you are, know what type of a person you are, and then make decisions based off that. So I have a friend. No, him and I were, I do only like three. So him and I were talking the other day and his stepfather had set up a trust for all of the, the, kids and stepkids and stuff and he told me specifically he goes yeah it's managed by a guy that was you know a friend and you have to ask them for any money Mm -hmm. over whatever you're getting in that specific Mm -hmm. year he goes you know when i wanted to buy something if i wanted to get money out of that trust i had to go to him and say hey i want this money and he'd say specifically what do you need it for and if he didn't make a good case, the answer was, yeah, no, I'm not giving you any right. of that money. You're yeah. just not getting it. It's like Alfred Batman, right? Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a guardianship almost. You you have this set of checks and balances to say, okay, yeah, you're that's a wasteful purchase. You know, I, I want to go buy a new fifty thousand dollar truck. That's great. Go buy it with your money. Yep. You're not buying it with the trust money because it's just not a, a sound business investment here. Now yep. You know, I, I want to make this investment. Maybe that is a sound mm-hmm. business in yep. investment. Yep. And, and he can say, yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll pull some money to go make that investment. Yep. But, right. you know, I, up until the point where, I mean, really, Caitlin was 25, I always had somebody appointed to, if I drop dead, this is the person who's going to manage her money mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't trust her to just manage it because yeah. she's 25. Yeah, she's a kid. Yeah. Well, and you have, you know, you have to have that person that can say no, right? I mean, when it comes to money, as you know, we talked about it in the beginning of the episode, right? There's people that come out of the woodworks. So mm-hmm. you're going to have people that come out of the woodworks. And let's say you're a person that just always gives. So let's say you have a trust and you get somebody, oh, well, my kid's in the hospital and you get the, the biggest staff story. And we all feel bad for that, right? We all do. Yeah. But you have to have that person that says, look, this is going to continue to happen no matter how much you give. It's not going to change. Life isn't going to go any different for this person. I have to tell you no. So you need that person that's a no person because if you're a yes person, which yes, man is a good movie, but like, right. We don't need, we don't need you to, to give away everything. We don't need you to lose everything. We yeah, want you to millions, right? Right. I mean, even if you have a billion, you still work. Get out of here. You know, 
and, and looking at it. So <laughs> I'm always the type of person that wants to help. And that, that's great. Nick is a helper. Mike's a helper. Jim's a helper. We all love to help people. But everybody needs help. And at yeah. some point, you have to say, no, I'm so, I can't help everybody. I'm sorry. Well, it drains the tank. Right? It, it, it really does. It drains your finances. It drains you emotionally, physically. So you have to have somebody sitting there saying, no, you're just not doing this. Yep. This is not a good idea. We're not doing this anymore. Uh-oh. Do you is have it, a bat flying with you or some shit? No, I, I have like this giant bee that's like flying at my light. And I like, uh. it, like, I just heard it buzzing. And like, I look up and this thing is three inches, like, I don't know, two and a half inches. I don't want to over-exaggerate with three. but big B. Like, I'm about to get hurt. Like, yeah, like, it's <laughs> the biggest bee actually ever. be a bat. I thought Dracula was flying at you right? or some shit there. Yeah, I, well, we have bats constantly. So I know you do. I, yeah, I would just scream like a girl, say, end call, and you guys could finish <laughs> it up. Um, Speaking of what, is there, are we limited on time here? Or? We're really not. Why? Yeah, we're, limi- we're limited on how much beer we have left and uh, right. how much we want to talk. Yeah, we're still, so we still there, got some beer. There is something I alluded to, which I would like to talk about, if you don't mind. Um, and I still have a half a glass here. Um, is uh, taxes, right? Because, I mean, there's, you know, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much money you come by, no matter how you come by it, there are two things that are for sure in life, right? Death and taxes, and, taxes and you can't take it with you. But um, you can certainly, you can certainly um, get it from the IRS. And I'd just like to say that one of the best decisions that my parents made when they won the lottery the first time was, um, you know, engaging with this this legal and accounting team that advised them not only on all the, you know, the, the accounting and legal ramifications, but um, advise them on on all the relevant taxes, right? So that's how my parents found out that if they became essentially professional gamblers, they could deduct certain expenses that they were going to incur anyway. But um, just even so, so I would say the most one of the most important things because it's, it's one of the things that bites people who come into an, a large sum of money, a large windfall, most quickly they don't account. For the taxes, Nick, you are right there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm about to get stung. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. So, so it's gonna happen. Well, just, I'm gonna say this for those of you that are listening to the <laughs> podcast right now, which I don't know when this will drop on the podcast, but for those of you that are listening, you should really go watch the YouTube yeah, video. Nick is kind of because weird. watching Nick lose his <laughs> crap over here over this bee is hilarious. Got him. Okay, you know, good. I'm sorry to any of my. Uh, my my friends that are uh you know people that want to care about every pest and animal i got yeah, i think my wife last, might come in here and kick your ass i got stung last week right in the armpit Ooh. that was like the worst feeling in the world uh, i just didn't want to get stung again yeah, so i hear you um, yeah i i made an executive decision right there to, to, <laughs> to make sure i can focus you got on some, the, some things need killing right you'd have to do it but but yeah uh, so but but one of the things that people just don't think about right because especially if if you're a, you know, if you're a W-2 person, you know, you work, the, you work the nine to five or the, you know, the third shift or whatever it is, you do, because taxes are just, you know, they, you're, they're taken out. Oftentimes you get a refund. It's not something you think a whole lot about. Um, depending, you know, I think inheritances are handled a little bit differently, but, you know, if you get, if you're um, involved in, you know, a, a, a legal settlement or you win the lottery, even if it's a small amount of money, that's income, right? I mean, you go and and, my, and uh, the other thing I didn't mention that my mom did, so she won two and a half million. She won two hundred fifty thousand, 
right, in the lottery and, and, and following the sort of order of magnitude, she won 25,000 slot machine one time. And there was literally an IRS agent at the casino, which was good, right? Because um, she probably would have just forgotten about that. I mean, obviously, who could forget about winning twenty-five thousand dollars, right? But when, be, when you know, she was getting, uh, you know, a little bit older, or whatever. I could just imagine her getting into trouble over that, right? Even if it was just, you know, or maybe she did remember it, but it becomes an audit issue or something like that. So it's, it's. So I think the best thing that. One of the best things that my parents did early on after they won the lottery was to talk to the, you know, this legal and accounting team. And the best advice they got was on how to handle their tax. Well, I think, yeah. So, you know, we talk about that in quite a bit of episodes, whether, you know, whether it's starting a business and things like that, because as you said, I don't know what the percentage is, not, you know, 90% of, 90% of people are employees, 10% are owners, but you find that people go from W2 where, you know, where somebody holds your hand through these taxes and mm-hmm. then you get somebody that opens up a pizza shop and they, you know, they get paid cash. So they keep putting it in their pocket. And yep. I had a friend, I had a friend open a, um, Oh, what do you call it? Like interior cars, car and detailing. detailing. Shop. detailing. Yep. And uh, he gets, he got the taxes and he's like, I don't have this kind of money sitting around. And I was like, exactly. I, I, I was like, dude, I don't mean to tell you, I told you so, but I, I said, make sure you take one third of everything you mm-hmm. get in. And he goes, then I'm not making any money. And I'm like, welcome to owning a business. It sucks. Exactly. Like you don't make yep. money. Like yep. you, you have to grow, man. Like, yes, that, that one third is your big profit, but no, that's, that's uncle Sam's profit, my man. Right. Like, you know, and so, you know, people are like, well, why, you know, I, I'm not going to be in a, you know, a 30% tax bracket. And I was like, well, I mean, if you want to, I always say, if you're planning to have a small business, and you don't plan to be a high tax bracket, you're planning too small of a business, yep. right? Like always plan. Cause the way I see it, if you put 30% away and you're taxed at 22%, yeah, guess what? Your refund is that 8%, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get to go on to the next one or you're, you know, the, the difference between 22 and 30. And if you, that gives you money to reinvest and grow right. and do all that. So, well, not, um, I, yep. I find a lot of small business people, kind of failing at that because they get, you know, they get hit. Um, you know, I know, I know there's some business that are, you know, some tax strategies that you can do um, where you can, the IRS will take your, if you're a small business, they will take your payment four times a year. Um, right. So you, that way you're not hit with all these big, massive ones mm-hmm. right away. And, and some, some people who get um, these windfalls do quarterly taxes as well. Right. That, and that's something my parents did. They did quarterly tax payments. But the other thing that a lot of people who you know, have never had to actually write a check to the, to the IRS before don't realize is that, yeah, I guess it's great that they take that out if you're a W-2 employee, they take that money out, but you're really giving the government an interest-free loan. You really right? are. And you set this money aside, not only is there the, you know, your, that 8% you mentioned between the 22 and the 30% is your refund, but any money you earn on that throughout the year is also yeah. to your benefit, right? So that's that's something that I, I just encourage people. Like, again, regardless if it's a small business or a big windfall, take take a third of it, set it aside, which is actually more like thirty three percent. Take a third of it, set it aside, let it make some money for you, and then and then when it comes tax time, write that check. It's a lot easier to do when you've made five grand off of it, right? Yeah. Whatever. Well, that's, you know, I I have this talk with my real estate friends all the time, right? Because. Um, 
you know, we, we, I, I'm, I'm a kind of person where if I get a bill, I just pay it where I know David's like, no, it's due today. I'll, I'll pay it today. And I'm like, it gives me anxiety. So <laughs> like, um, you know, my, my, my mentor, my mentor owns, you know, just, just, just way too many properties. Right. I mean, um, he was giving me crap cause I paid $10,000 on one of my places for, uh, for taxes. And he, he's like, Oh, I, I, you know, he's like, I added a zero just on one. And I was like, that's insane. But you know, I was like, Oh, I paid mine. I, it was due August 31st. Let's say I paid mine like in July. And he's like, Nope, I'll have mine postmarked and guaranteed by August 31st. Like yep. I, he goes, I have a whole nother month. I can earn money on my money. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, you're probably too poor. I think you said the words, you're probably too poor where your money doesn't actually make money. And I, I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, thanks, thanks for rubbing that in a little bit more, but no, even, even at that, like we talk about it, like that 33 bucks makes a lot of money, man. It's insane. So well, you know, when Dawn opened her business, I have always done our taxes because you know, I'm the money guy and I'm good with that stuff. And yep. she had said to me, she goes, do you think this is going to be over you? And I'm like, listen, there's a whole lot to know to do taxes for a business and figure out everything you can deduct. So yeah, I think this is over me. I think yeah. we need to find somebody sure. who's really yeah, good at this. Exactly. So she went out and talked to, you know, the people in all the business groups she's in and she landed on the CPA and he does all of the tax shit. He took our taxes over because, yeah, because yeah. it was no more for him to do our personal taxes than it was for him to do our business taxes. Yeah. So basically it was two for one. Yeah. At that point, I don't have to worry about it. So I'm like, all right, that's yeah. fine. So I do my mother's taxes. I do my daughter's taxes and he does my taxes. Yeah. I think yeah. it's some of the best money you can spend. Right. Well, I say it really is because I mean, they're going to give you deductions that you don't know about. And you're, you know, the chances of getting audited when you use a professional is so much smaller. Yeah. Um, Right. Like I remember the first time I had a rental property, I did my own taxes. I ended up getting audited. Um, right. And the, it just, it, I don't know what the system is, but it's like, it, it must show, Hey, I'm trying to take a deduction. And they're like, where, where are you getting this? And I was like, now I, now like I use an account and they're like, boom, I have like $50,000 more deductions than I had. Like, I think I claimed 500 bucks back then. You yep. know, I was like, yep. I, was like I, I put it in the refrigerator and, you know, but no, it's, it's insane. These people, these people are, they pay to educate themselves. They get what the government, so right, they get certified in what the government says is allowed. So right, I, I say this all the time. If the government sets the rules and they get educated on what the government has the rules of, I didn't learn those rules, man. Right. I don't know anything about it. Like, yes, you know what? I do. I do. I get angry every time I go see my accountant. I love her to pieces. But, you know, I walk out with a, a substantial tax bill and sure. I, I paid every year. My wife goes, do you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, I just dropped a crap ton of money. Right. <laughs> but we still go out to dinner. Um, you know, so but it's 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 that uh, it's that point where right there's always a professional that can do something better than what you can do it yep. and for taxes I, I think that's huge to find somebody that can do it for you yeah and again especially when it's such a paradigm shift such a you know mindset shift from you know whatever whatever you've got going to make money to all of a sudden now you've had a substantial amount of money land in your lap it's gonna it's the best money you can spend quite honestly yeah. and i believe in most cases also tax deductible right whatever you, it, yep. i think every i 
I know an accountant is, is tax deductible in every case. I don't, I don't yeah. know if there's one that's not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I don't because I'm not. I don't want to say that it is in every case, but no, um, I, I yeah. because that's my. I mean, I, I think every case because yeah. my accountant gives me that joke every year. Well, at least you get to write this off next right? year, and I'm like, yeah. wow, thanks. Like, yeah. <laughs> I keep buying more places, so it keeps getting more expensive for her to yeah. do, and I'm like, huh, all that's right. Like, that's the, him saying that is like the lube to bend you over, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but. All right. Minute. Anything else that you guys think we missed? I think we just, hit the last, our... just the last quarter of this beer, but I don't have a quarter. <laughs> um, no, I think we have a lot of stuff here. And uh, Mike, you've been very quiet because, uh, as usual, you're listening along here. What do you What do you think, Mike? I think I don't ever expect to be as lucky as Jim's mom. Okay, but assuming, none of us do. Assuming you are, what are the first three things you do? If I were to come into a windfall of any sort, I would get a hold of, I mean, it would depend on the amount. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's it's substantial. Multi-millions. Yeah. You know, I'd find a financial planner for something really substantial. I would pay off things like my house, Mm -hmm. you know, my car, not that I want to accept money on my car right now, but definitely my house any other bills that might be outstanding. And then I would just, I would invest. Taxes. Find out the tax implications too. That's please, true taxes. Please, please, please do that. Yep. But yes, invest yeah. because that will cover your, your investments. Then, you know, if you invest it instead of spending it, then you'll have money for to pay the taxes. So, so either Nick or Jim brought up Brewster's millions. I think it was Jim. So, I'd forgotten about that movie. That is the greatest movie. I I, oh years. my god, I love it so much. I own it in on DVD and on VHS. So the the issue with so Brewster came into an inheritance. He could take a certain amount of money, which I think was a million dollars, to just walk away. Or he could try for $300 million by spending $30 million in 30 days. And he had to have no assets by the time he was done. Right. And literally, if he just took the money, the, the $30 million, and put it in an interest-bearing account, which didn't even have to be he would have, yeah. a, a huge amount of interest, he would have had so much money left over that he, you know, if you never needed it, you could just live off the interest sure. and not ever touch yeah. that. 30 million and honestly i think that is that is honestly the dream so if i if i had a windfall of money and i could just live off of whatever the interest was paying me and i never had to touch that principle i i'm a happy guy i can go on vacation and i can go you know open a business and i can go episode (laughs) there you go I mean, that's the dream. It's funny you mentioned that, David, because prior to my mom winning water in the 1980s, when I was a little bit younger, my brothers and I, you know, like I would hear them say, oh, you know, if I, if I, and, and keep in mind in the late 70s and early 80s, interest rates were pretty high, right? So you could literally invest a million dollars and live off the interest easily. I mean, very easily, right? More than, as more than enough for anybody. And I remember, you know, then when my parents actually won the lottery, um, it, it, uh, the reality hit right and it was and the and the reality was things like taxes and stuff like that and um so you know and, and obviously they, they didn't get it in one lump sum but um 
yeah, the reality is obviously different than the dream. But yeah, I think the dream is, right? Just have enough money. And it's like, a, it's an endowment, right? Invest the principal and live off the interest. That's what everybody wants to do. So, all right, guys. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to my brother again. Um, I'm gonna, really, I'm going to give him a hand. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to try that uh, European Reds. No, the Wisconsin Belgian Red. No, Whatever no. it is. Uh, we're all out over here. Yeah, he needs to bring some more back. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they're out. They're out over there too. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, New Glarus Brewing, uh, really hands down, Wisconsin Belgian Red, fantastic. Um, the Oktoberfest beer, it was okay. Uh, I I actually enjoyed the one I had last week um, a little bit more. The Octillion. Um, how was the stout? What's that? How was the stout? The coconut, the coconut porter, right? It was oh, a smooth porter. coconut porter, not not too not too front flavored with everything. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I think my like I, I tasted this first, and then my <laughs> mouth was just ready to go back to this and finish with it. So I I, I think it was you know the porter was a good beer. I drank it really fast just so I can get to this one because of how amazing it really was. So. Um, guys, thanks so much for watching this episode, listening to it. Uh, we, we, we have, we have a website now. We have a new logo. If you guys haven't seen that logo, this thing is awesome. Thanks, got yes. 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 Thanks to Nate Shout, Barrett. Shout out to Nate Barrett on the yeah, awesome logo. Awesome. Yeah. I say, you know, um, right. I got, I got me a little Detroit, Detroit color hat, David, you know, a nice, a nice looking beard. Um, the, the logo is awesome. The green and then the, the beer brewing colors. It, it's really cool. Um, you know, Twitter, we're, we're starting to try to be this young hip, uh, vibe thing. We're trying to be this young hip vibe thing with old people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, uh, if anybody wants to intern for us and work for free, if you're 21, we'll probably feed you some beer whenever we get a sponsor. We're the village elders. Yeah. And we are the village elders. But right. So like down here, like subscribe, share, uh, I think the, the subscribe is the bell. So everybody likes to ring a bell, hit that bad boy for us. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. James, thanks so much for joining My pleasure. us. I'm going to give a shout out to Sheboygan here for, for their blueberry cream ale, which really paired really well with Founders. Big Luscious. Big this Luscious. Was really amazing. I can't believe I've not tried this before, but yes. Raspberry. Love it. Um, just give it couple more shout outs because we're all about shout outs here I, again michigan wine company who sponsored us a couple weeks ago with their excellent excellent cider yeah. um I, th- I think the next time <laughs> jim's on we should have them again break room therapy obviously because my wife reminded me that i did not list them on our sponsors list because i suck <laughs> um, so Again, like Nick said, like, subscribe, share, check out the podcast, check out the YouTube videos. Please give us some feedback. We really need to know what you think. And uh, Apparently, we're like an hour. So if, if you guys are bored, just skip to like an hour. I mean, granted, we're, we're now past that. But if right, just skip to the end and, and then go back and watch the YouTube and you'll see me like swatting at a, a giant. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Him swatting at the bee was the best. That was pretty, that was I think you guys seen it fly by my head. That thing was huge. So. It, was, it was huge. It was like the size of somebody's fist. I mean, it was like, like Tommy Boy's fist, but somebody's fist for sure. 
All right, we will we will see you guys next week. I have no idea what we're talking about. Peace.